coming up, we're talking about Tarzan and whether he still remains the king of the jungle. Where is that George? I never remember. Anyway, all that in this episode of Fizzpop. Fizzpop is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect vacation. Visit them on the web at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everybody. I am your host, Rhino Clavin, and we are doing a review of The Legend of Tarzan. And with me this week, in a surprise turn of events, is not Craig Williams for this movie review. It is, in fact, I don't, I don't know what to say here. Oliver Green. There we go. And now you okay. can feel the disappointment from everyone. I did remember your name, despite what it sounded like. I had a real big pause. <laughs> I was really trying to think of something clever to say, and it didn't happen. I was trying to make it Tarzan-related. Is the buffoon ape himself? Nah, that's mean. <laughs> no, nah, I, don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't have a Tarzan-related one. Is the vine swinger himself? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. oh wow. I imagine England's just draping with vines at this point in their history. No. Oh, of course. It well, was... the film was set in England partially. So. It was, yeah. And fun fact about that film, in fact, it was almost entirely shot in England. Hmm. Yeah, So, but we'll get to that. So Oliver and I, and uh, we actually with um, Pete as well, um, we had the chance to go see Legend of Tarzan this, this weekend, over the holiday weekend. It debuted. And um, we went to the Fork and Screen at Disney Springs, the AMC theater there. And what did you think of that experience, Oliver? It's the first time I've ever been. So I was um, delightfully impressed. Uh, I love movies and I love food. So mixing them together um, is, yeah, it was a new experience for me. Um, What I enjoyed the most was not actually the food. It was the ability to sit in a theatre and actually have some space. Because, like, I'm not a small man. I'm pretty tall, you know, and so are you. And it's nice to actually be able to put your feet out under the the desk that you get in front of you. And it's nice that, like, under the table they have the bar, too, so you can still, like, Push, you know, put, I like to put my feet up and kind of push my seat back when yeah, I'm in a recliner like that. There's actually like a place to put all your stuff as well because like we had bags with us and whatnot. So and it was it was just a very spacious uh, experience, and the food wasn't too bad either. Um, yeah, uh, I, what I like I like that it's reserved seating. I will say um, I have actually been to a place like that where they actually had it. So the the um, the they were you push the button and the recliner goes up so the feet goes up for you and then the tray table pulls out on the side and goes over you that's at the foxwood um i'm sorry not foxwoods maybe it is foxwoods foxborough foxborough <laughs> cinema where in the where the patriots um it, where they're i think it's patriots plaza whatever where the where the where they play football in oh, massachusetts i went over christmas England. to see star wars in that theater mm-hmm. and that was super cool so that was like the nicest version of that i've been to there was like a, a lounge it's it's their version of a lounge but you have to be 21 and over to go into it so like extra exclusive and you know what i like to do exclude people i'm just kidding but um but yeah the, that's a wonderful option if you're on vacation i would you know and you want to go see a movie because sometimes you're just playing a vacation without knowing that a big blockbuster movie's coming out and for me i can't wait on some movies like star trek if you're telling me i had to wait like two weeks for that i'd be like no 
forget you and i'd go you know i think the thing with the um fork and dine as well is it's a bit different so you don't feel like you're doing some like of the same old generic thing on your vacation like you can go and enjoy a film and do something that you've probably not done before so it's a it's a good addition to uh to whatever you're going to be doing whilst you're down in orlando and it's like what you said too um it's the food's pretty good like i enjoyed everything i ate you can order alcoholic drinks they'll bring them to you you can and you can just go in there and just order soda and a popcorn and they will get you the refill so you don't have to leave the theater or anything like that so it's a nice nice uh alternative if you live here to a normal movie and then if you're not from here it's like what you said it's a nice thing actually the first theater i went to that was like that was i was on vacation in florida it was when they re-released star wars in the 90s i was a kid and my uncle brought me and it was down in marco island they had a theater that was like that and i just couldn't believe it i also saw never been kissed there oh with my mom oh it was like a fun movie um <laughs> but anyway so we saw the legend of tarzan um and i guess i guess we'll just get right into it that is i believe a warner brothers film i should have double checked that before i got out here but i am like i'm trying to look at it right now it is the one thing i forgot to look up i'm pretty sure it is because it's david yates and i, I think, know he's got a contract with warner brothers yeah i think it is uh, a warner brothers film although i can't recall off the top of my head uh, myself but no you did mention um david yates the director there yes uh, and we know him because because of the many 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 harry potter films he has directed it is warner brothers yeah yeah he did he did from the order of the phoenix onwards so yeah. he's done four harry potter films plus he's directing the new um fantastic beasts and where to find them he certainly is yeah and i look forward to that very much and he has directed my favorite my favorite and my favorites of the harry potter movies um so the legend of tarzan that was like i said directed by david yates screenplay by adam coward or maybe you say coward i don't know and craig brewer um and the cinematography was by henry braham he's a british Mm. person b-r-a-h-a-m is that how you would say that how do you say that (coughs) excuse me you sounded spot on so yeah david yates and henry brenham they're both british braham um well braham i thought which was interesting he did like the golden compass movie i guess but um he's doing the guardians of the galaxy 2 cinematography as well but that's backstage stuff and then the movie starred alexander skarsgård as tarzan or john clayton the third or if you please lord gray stroke no gray stoke that was just wishful thinking wasn't it right? <laughs> <laughs> um well we all know alexander you didn't know who he was before this movie did you i didn't i know who he is now though after i didn't it. Oh, yes yes um, um no I've, I've had a look at his uh, his imdb page and it's quite impressive it's i one didn't of, know he was swedish it's well looking at his name that's what gives it away because it's got like the that little, little circle, circle above yeah. the a. um but no looking at some of the things he's done it's kind of like oh yeah you know i've seen that i've seen this and you kind of like can recall that he's been in a few things he's just not one of those actors that when you look at you're like oh that's him from that well not for me anyway yeah no i agree with you i i never watched true i watched the first four episodes of true blood and i i just i i didn't get into it i don't know it didn't connect with me at the time or something like that i might give it another shot though because i know people loved it um but he's he's widely known as being in that, um, and I do know that when he was naked in that, it made a big big deal on the internet, um, and not just perverts like me. Perverts, I said that weird. <laughs> perverts like perverts me. Perverts well. like me. That's the name of my autobiography. Um, <laughs> but um, that I it was something to do with like what anyway. Alexander Skarsgård, 
he's a pretty good looking fella. He is. And a good actor too. We yeah, weren't just watching yeah, it for was, the body. Yeah, I was I was pretty impressed. He also did a fan film um with some director um where he played Venom and it was this like French kind of movie and I remember that got a lot of um a lot of notice on the internet as well back in that time but um so so with him um he's tarzan and the jane in this film the jane DJ. jane porter <laughs> is played by margot robbie who apparently is just in everything Did you just say jane porter i don't mean jane clayton well her That's her name is porter and when she's married him it's clayton she oh, is married okay him, right, but sorry. yeah um Margot Robbie is like this is the year of Margot Robbie because she is in Suicide Squad. She was just in. She was just in another movie too. I the Wolf wish of Wall Street. She was in. Yeah, um, I know she was in Wolf of Wall Street. She was definitely in that. She also had a cameo in that. Um, the uh, Adam McKay. Uh, McKay. Um, um, excuse me. The Big Short. She was in that, but she was playing herself. She was explaining oh, one okay. of the scenes. She was one of the actresses that were like, "Here are these actresses to explain the housing market." Um, she's on fire. I'm going to be honest with you. I 100% thought I wasn't 100% sure it was her when I saw it, but I thought the person playing it, I was like, oh, interesting. I forgot Jane's American and they're, they're playing in a, I was like, this girl's 100% American. No, because nope. Margot Robbie's an Australian and her American accent is on spot. Like it is on point. Um, and oddly enough, in this film, you have Samuel L. Jackson as well. And he's kind of playing Tarzan's like sar- sidekick, another American, George Washington Williams. Then you have um, a nice surprise, because I'm always a fan, but never know how to say his name. Christoph Waltz? No, that okay. name I know how to say. But And I do... Who doesn't love Christoph Waltz? If I know the film has Christoph Waltz in it, I'm almost sold on it immediately, yeah. because I know it's going to be good. I mean, did you see Inglorious Bastards? I loved Inglorious Bastards. Not Inglorious Bastards. Bastards, I'm sorry. His part in Inglorious Bastards is phenomenal. It's very, very Yeah, good. and for me, that's actually kind of the best... The only reason I saw that movie, but... Um, because I saw Django Unchained first... And I thought he was phenomenal in that, which he did yeah. win an Oscar for that. Yes. And I, he was nominated. I don't know if he won for Inglorious Bastards. I think he did. But um, he should have. His performance I was outstanding. Check. Yeah. Um, him and Michael Fassbender in that movie. No, Christoph Waltz is one of my favorite actors. Um, in the last few years, since he's been pulling out such big titles, he's. He plays a bad guy fairly frequently, too, because he, he was the bad guy inspector. He was Blowfield and. Yeah, he was. It did, but he, he, it's so easy for him to switch and play both characters. Characters, have you noticed? Yeah, that? because it's, he can flip flop. In Django, he was such a great good guy. Yeah, he was because he's. It's and I swear to God, it's it like seventy percent of it is his voice. He's got a very unique accent, and yeah. it just it it pulls you in. He's got this. He's got a friendly face, but also could be menacing at the same time. You know, I don't know. Yeah. He's he's almost like I don't want to say this, but he's almost like the perfect actor. He did win a uh, he did win for Inglorious Bastards, by the way. I just double checked that. Good, I'm glad. Um, I knew they were both Quentin Tarantino movies, but yeah, he's great. I, it, it's like what you said, Oliver. I'll see if they say Christoph Waltz, I'm immediately like drawn to the movie. But yeah, because I think he he's one of those actors that really um, he takes his craft very seriously. He won't agree to do a film unless he believes there's some substance to it and it's actually going to be uh, worth its time. You so. know what the first movie I saw with him in it was? Uh, like, that I remember of taking note was that um, Seth Rogen movie, uh, the superhero movie Green Hornet, the, based on the old radio show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was the bad guy in that. But he was, like, funny and I was like, oh, this guy's good. Like, I like this guy and... 
Did he have his accent in that as well? Yeah, I mean, he's got that accent. I, I think, I don't really think he can... They don't try and ignore it. Yeah, I, I've never seen a movie with him not having that accent. Yeah. I'm going to click the how to pronounce button on my computer right here, so you're going to hear a little bit of okay a, of, of a thing. Because um, I need to know how to say this actor's last name, because I'm a big fan of his. Jaimon Hansu. Jaimon Hansu. Jaimon... <laughs> I did not... I was way off on Do it once on more, that. do it once more. Hold on, it takes forever to get there. Here it comes. Jaimon Hansu. Jaimon Hansu. Hansu. Yeah. Mm. It always looks like Digimon Hussein, but I guess that's correct. But, you know, he was in Guardians of the Galaxy. He, he was phenomenal. You, you remember him as, like, the, the one of the main characters in The Blood Diamond. Did you ever see that movie with Leonardo DiCaprio? And, um, yeah, a while ago. He, well, he's the guy who was, like, the, the guy who, like, gets the movie started. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's in this movie as well. I didn't. I didn't, usually I know who's in a movie before I go see it. So there was a lot of surprises in this. But but anyway, Tarzan is obviously based on the character created by Edgar Rice Burroughs. Um, and what surprised me about this movie is I'd seen both trailers that had been released. If if there were more than that, I stopped it watching the first two. But um, and I was like, oh, you know what? I'll go see that movie. I honestly, I've never seen a Tarzan movie. I know, I vaguely know the story of Tarzan. Like, I know Jane. Everybody knows Tarzan and Jane. Yeah, you know the basics. You yeah. Have you even seen the Disney one? No, it never appealed to me because oh. that, that Disney one came out in the time when everything was geared toward extreme sports and I just thought that fad was stupid. And I'm not saying it was a fad because extreme sports have been around and they are still around. But yeah. everything had the title extreme. It was extreme Spider-Man, extreme whatever. It was every extremely goofy movie. Every, and it was all about Max mm. skateboarding and I was just tired of that. And so Tarzan, movements in those movies were like modeled after skateboarders and surfers and stuff and so i was just like immediately turned off by that i was that. gonna say i didn't know extreme vine swinging was a thing in america i completely missed it <laughs> yeah well you know it was popular here for a hot second we just we couldn't 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 contain the uh i can't remember the word for like shrubbery so <laughs> agriculture i don't know oh my gosh totally missing me. i said it in the universal show that we recorded recorded earlier today and i can't remember but anyway i never saw that one so what i was like okay well i'll go see the story i like all these people in this movie and um what's surprising about this is this this is an original story i did read somewhere that this was based on a comic book but i could not find further proof of that um i know there have been tarzan comic books in the past but I think this might have been an original idea. Maybe the original script was based on something, but either way, this actually takes place after Tarzan, like the original Tarzan film or story. Yeah, it's actually after Tarzan and Jane have returned to England, and he's, yeah. uh, he's a become years a little later. bit more civilized. He's a gentleman at this point. He is, yes. yeah. Um, so this movie takes place in, I want to say it was 1886, um, and I'm going to read a little bit of the, the, the plot here, um, because it has a little bit to do with what was going on in the Congo. And it says, as a result of the Berlin Conference, the Congo has been divided between Belgium and the United Kingdom. The Belgian government is on the verge of bankruptcy, having gone into heavy debt to build a national railroad and other infrastructure in response king leopold ii of belgium decides to extract the congo's rich mineral deposits sending his envoy leon rom who is christoph waltz to secure the fabled diamonds of opar Um, an expedition led by him is ambushed and massacred with only rom surviving a tribal leader chief mumbanga and that is um now i've already forgotten how to say it jaman hussan hansu John Hansen, I know which gentleman um, offers him diamonds in exchange for 
Tarzan. So that's the first scene of the film and what gets it going. So there's a little bit of like a, a little conspiracy going on here with the Berlin, um, with the, uh, excuse me, the Belgian government and King Leopold. Um, so then we hop over to England and, um, there's a meeting going on um, with John Clayton III, and John is invited by King Leopold to visit Boma and report on the development of the Congo by Belgium. An American envoy, who is George Washington Williams, played by Samuel Jackson, Jackson, excuse me, urges John to go um, because he knows that John is Tarzan. He even brings mm-hmm. it up, and John says, "Like that's not my name. I'm John Clayton III, son of John Clayton." And you know, um, the and that's when he says, "Lord of uh, Greystoke," because that's the name of the the plot of land or the manor he lives in. Um, and he declines the invitation. However, however, he's pursued by Samuel Jackson's character um, because Samuel Jackson's character's motives are that he, um, he suspects that the Belgians are enslaving the Congolese population and persuades him to accept the invitation um, in order to prove his suspicions. Um, so that's why... Tarzan ends up agreeing to go back is to help this guy basically. So he's going to go, he's going to leave Jane behind in England. She gets upset. You know, apparently they've tried to have a baby and there was a miscarriage. Um, mm. so they lost a, they lost a baby at some point. So he's very like protective of her at the moment. Um, but Jane is very like, well, I grew up there too. It wasn't just you, you know? And so, um, he decides to let her go. Um, and then John, Jane and, Williams. I should just call him Tarzan, not John, because that gets confusing. Yeah, let's call him Tarzan. So Tarzan, Jane, and Williams, uh, they take their trip to the Congo, and the three of them, they're gonna, they, when they get there, they encounter a tribe that um, is where Jane grew up. She grew up there, and her father taught them how to read and write and speak English. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so having tracked them, Rom, who's Christoph Waltz, the villain, he, um, and his mercenaries attack the tribe's camp, taking Jane and several of the tribe's members. And through a series of events, they actually end up leaving Tarzan behind. They had him all tied up as well. But um, you Samuel know, L. Jackson's character steps in and helps. An awful yeah, lot. yeah. And there's, you know, a whole bunch that happens. So he actually gets left. So they set off and basically they've got Jane and all of his friends. And so Tarzan pursues them through the jungle um and that's pretty much the plot of the movie yeah i think it's a nice there's, there's a little it. more in there but i don't want to like i don't want to give too much away because there is a subplot with the, you know the whole opening scene with chief um bonga and why he wants tarzan and yeah. tarzan not really accepting his true parent parental figures yeah, there is a lot of those like subplots and uh, a lot of other underlining storylines, but the basis yeah. of it is is essentially Tarzan is now going to save Jane. Yeah, and that's the more of the original uh, storyline you'd expect to see with like a Tarzan film. But yeah. I think they did such a good spin on it that it didn't feel um, it didn't feel like your traditional Tarzan yeah. film. It still felt very different, even though uh, on reflection, it probably was a lot of you know. Well, it's Tarzan saving Jane. Yeah, it is. But I, there's there's that line that Waltz, uh, Christoph Waltz's character says to her is where he's just like, he is Tarzan, you are Jane. He'll come for you. And he says it so matter-of-factly while they're having that dinner. And it's a good, it's a good scene. Like there's, yeah. a, there's a really tense scene between the two of them that I really enjoyed. I really liked the way that Margot Robbie played Jane, too. It, yeah. Jane was not helpless Jane. 
it was clearly like this is a woman who has grown up here and learned things from the people here you know jane knew her stuff yeah like, it, there was some amazing scenes in that film um again not to give too much away but uh yeah she 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 may escape from someone at some point and the way they shoot it and yeah. it, it was really good really really very yeah enjoyable. the scene where she goes into the jungle and the apes yes. surround her that was a good scene yes yeah, there's a. It's hard because I, I don't want to ruin any subplots because I feel like they're almost not necessarily twists, but I mean, I feel a like that's bit. the bulk of the story. Even though it follows this traditional narrative, it's still not the story. The story isn't Tarzan going to save Jane. It's the other stuff that's going on. That's just like a, you know, that's the that's the storyline they're just following to tell the other. It's kind of like you have to, you know, it's about like Tarzan. You know, the first Tarzan, I would say, or like the original story is like Tarzan learning how to be a man. And then this one is really the man learning how to, you know, to be who he is rather than be a thing. You know, rather than Tarzan being a man, this is Tarzan becoming a, you know, he is. Like, because there's a story in there about Tarzan and his mother, the ape Mm. mother. Um, um, Kala, I think is the ape mother's name. Um, But... There is a touching story about like who tar- like it's it's hard because there's the story about you know they do flashbacks in the movie so it's, yeah. you see you see baby Tarzan and what happened to Tarzan's parents real parents and um how Tarzan knows who he is and how he inherited the land like you get all that stuff you know but that it's 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 minor plot but at the same time like the Tarzan and his mother story is is very touching mm-hmm. it hurt it hurt a little I got a little teary eyed watching this movie. Yeah, it definitely does send you on an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. So, um, a couple of things about the filming of this movie. Um, they, okay, so like I said, most of it was filmed in Africa. So, making Africa seem authentic was especially important to filmmakers since the film was shot mostly in England, except for six weeks where, um, the, uh, cinematographer, whose name I already said, Brian, uh, Henry. I'll just call him Henry, um, where um, Henry, Henry went to, I could be pronouncing this wrong, Gabon, G-A-B-O-N. It's a sovereign state in West Africa, um, and he would film a bunch of like backgrounds without the cast in them or anything like that. I guess uh, they built a, um, a working waterfall and a 100-foot-long collapsible pier um, at the Warner Brothers um, Leaveston Studios. Place Sounds familiar. Um, and according to the Wall Street Journal, though, shooting the film in Africa would have made the budget go even higher, which is crazy because this movie did have a little bit of budgetary concerns in the beginning as well. Because it was not, I believe it was like $180 million or something like that. It was an expensive it it's movie. 180. Yeah. Um, so what I kind of took away from this was I'm really surprised this n- most of this film was shot in England. Because when we were watching the movie, the, the scenes of the Congo are very, like, beautiful. They're shot very, everything's in the mist, everything's so like, I mean, yeah, those scenes were shot there, but this, even the scenes with the actors in the sets, those blended perfectly with the film, I thought. Um, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, it's, but what did you, th- what did you think about the movie? We'll, st- we'll stop first. What did you think about the movie overall? The story? Like, um, did you enjoy the movie? Like, yeah, it's not what I expected. I expected it to be your traditional, like, oh, yeah. Tarzan and Jane thing. And I think I, within the first 10 minutes, I was like, oh, oh, this is very, very different. So it grabbed my attention. 
Um, certainly. And at no point did I ever feel bored with the storyline. Not right. to elaborate too much, because again, I don't want to give away any Well, I thought I was but... going to be kind of like bored with the Jane Tarzan storyline, because I'm like, oh, the love story. But it's like the Lois Clark, like, oh, come on. Like, and yeah. I actually thought they did that pretty well. It wasn't too much of the story, but it was enough to be like, oh, I get it. You know, like, yeah. it was nice. I think well, it, the whole point, like, there was, there was no development to the love story. It was already established yeah, we that they know were in the love. Yeah, two of them love so each other. So they didn't focus on it too much, which was quite nice. And I would just say there was, uh, there was a lot of action in it, an awful lot of action, yeah. which, it, yeah, certainly grabbed my attention. Yeah, it's, 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 and some of it done, most of it done well. It's just, I will say, I will say this, the third act of this film feels very rushed. And I don't necessarily know that that is anyone's fault other than the editor or whoever. I I, I have this feeling, and I was trying to read about it a little bit, is that um, in the 80s, there was a not very profitable Tarzan movie made. um, And I think Warner Brothers was nervous about doing this Tarzan film, you know, and I feel like somebody at a studio watched this film and went, it's running a little long. And so the movie was paced well and it was it was enjoyable but then it got to the end and they were like all right the movie's too long start cutting it up. So the last like big scene, the big finale action scene um it seemed a little like a highlight reel almost because it was like Tarzan was swinging on a rope all of a sudden and then he wasn't on the you know and so we were just kind of like supposed to assume he'd gone from here to here to here and it seemed like as much as I'm, as a film, as anybody, film is a language. Everyone's, you know what I mean? We speak that language. And so we know how Tarzan got from there to there. But at the same time, it was kind of like, I wanted to see the, you know, everything looks so good. I wanted to mm. see it, you know? And it's not even that. It's not like the whole film wasn't shot um, with that pace. So to get like yeah. three quarters of the way through and then just all of a sudden be like, bang, 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 yeah. you know, it's like, oh, whoa, what's going on? And it catches you off guard and it just doesn't feel right. There's nothing wrong with, you know, editing in that style where it's nice and quick right. and the story moves quickly. But when it just doesn't fit and you've, you've changed your pace halfway through or, you know, near the end, it's just, it didn't work. It didn't have the, it, it. It actually, honestly, by rushing that end, it detracted from the boom, the, like the big finale. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it, it made it feel a little less impactful. Not yeah. that there was like a huge, not that there would be a huge impact, but it it detracted from it a little bit. And so, um, I, I I'm hoping. My thought while I was watching it was like, oh, I hope they release an extended edition on DVD that has some of what I assume was taken out of this, you know? Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's too bad, too, because I really did enjoy the movie all the way out. And not to say I didn't enjoy that last part either, but I just thought the previous parts of the movie were so much better than this one part. And for no other reason, then it seemed like they were moving, like, jumping forward. Um, so that's, that was a little weird to me. Mm. But um, overall, I did, I did enjoy it quite a bit more than i more than i thought i would um fun fact to uh alexander uh skarsgård he was nervous before starting his training for this film that he wasn't able to achieve the tarzan physique and there the scene in the movie where tarzan finally sheds his clothes he doesn't wear the loincloth except at the very 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 end but he is wearing pants in the movie but when he he's pretty much just wearing the pants and sweet jesus he achieved the Tarzan look. Let's when just he say took, that. When, when you see the Tarzan physique, you're, I, is every human in that movie theater made a sound? <laughs> All the men looked down at the food they were eating because it was the fork yeah. and dine and immediately pushed it away like yeah. that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so I think he did well. Um, I, 
I enjoyed the movie. The movie did it was doing okay actually. I think it it beat some of its projections and it ended up being um, opening to number two despite it getting not not very good reviews from critics. However, a lot of the reviews I was reading because I'll go back and read them after the fact. Um, it seemed like the consensus really was like oh, this. Oh, does Tarzan really need a big screen adaptation again? And I'm one of those people being one of those people who had never necessarily been introduced to Tarzan before. Like I. Uh, for people like me, it was very enjoyable. If you're a massive fan of the original Tarzan, maybe you're not going to like this. I don't know. But they don't really rewrite any of his history or anything. It's it's really just Tarzan returning to form is is the, really the theme of the movie and the movie itself, I feel like. Yeah, I don't feel like there's anything. Not that there is huge Tarzan fans out there, but if there is, I don't think there's anything in this film that would offend them necessarily. It's just like a variation on the story um that you may already know like the the after part so it's um, yeah it's i it's think this is another this adventure is, it is this is what it needed to be it did not certainly need to be another remake of what we've already seen this yeah. is exactly what tarzan needed to be and i'm really glad i got a chance to go and see it because in all honesty i probably wouldn't unless yeah. we were doing this review have gone to see this on my own time you know it's i agree like it was a movie when i'd seen the commercials i'd wanted to see it and then when it came out, it's just it. This movie came out, and like three or four other movies came out, and now Secret Life of Pets is coming out, and now Ghostbusters next week. So it would have fallen to the wayside. I would have kept putting it down, especially with the review that it, the percentage it was getting on like Rotten Tomatoes was like thirty three percent with critics, but it, the audience review was a lot higher. So that's that's a yeah. I'm kind of glad it was a series of events that led us to see this. And you know yeah. what else I'm really happy about? We saw it in three D. And again, I don't normally like 3D movies, but I think that if you're going to see this movie in the theater, you you owe it to yourself to see it in 3D because honestly, the scenes where he's where he does finally start running through the trees, I I was almost like it seems like those scenes would be completely lost on somebody who's not watching it in 3D. Yeah, it's one of those films uh, where they use the 3D as a tool. It's not like it's, yeah. it's, it's it makes it more immersive. It pulls you into the story a bit more and into the scene you're looking at rather than being a gimmick. Yeah, I agree. Completely agree. Um, it, it Like I said, it did number two. The box office this summer is not doing very well, though. It's been very soft lately. Um, but Tarzan, um, as of July Fifth, um, according to Box Office Mojo, did has pulled in domestically fifty two and a half million dollars, and worldwide it's up to seventy, almost seventy two million. So, not bad. I mean, it it is a production budget of one hundred and eighty million, so it's going to take a bit. But I think it did a little bit better than it was projected to do, um, which is good. But like I said, now I've got some other stuff coming: Ghostbusters, Secret Life of Pets. I, regardless of how you feel about Ghostbusters, it is or isn't. Like people will see it either way to be like, "Oh, I hate it," or "Oh, I'm open-minded and not a giant sexist person." But um, I, and on that note, though, I will say some of the newer commercials for it, I feel like, are not doing it a service. And I feel like maybe they're in a panic mode where they're just mm-hmm. showing things in the wrong way. So I'm still very open-minded to it. And we will be reviewing that movie. We'll be reviewing it, doing an arts and crafts video, all that fun stuff. So, Oliver, give me a... Do you have anything else to say about the film? Um, the only thing I'd mention very, very quickly... Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about it. Okay. Yeah, and I do want to point it out there. I don't want to bore everyone with it, but both Rhino and I uh, studied film. And anyone out there that's listening will get this as well. With Tarzan, there was we noticed in a few of the scenes, it was very grainy. And, of course, this is all shot on digital cameras now. None, yeah, of, none of it's shot weird. on celluloid. Yeah. Um, because years ago, when it was shot on celluloid, the grain used to be from the film speed. And you could get away with it a lot more. So you could that grain actually almost it, it added to the look of the film 
this did not. It looked like it was digitally brightened, and the amount of noise you could see in some of the darker shots was it's, a bit too much. It seemed like there was all, it like to the point where it seemed like there was something wrong with the projector. Yes, like I, it was that kind of a like the lines you get when the. It reminded me of like on a VCR, the lines you would get if the tracking wasn't correct, where it would yeah. start to like you know, or there was dust in the film. Um, and not the dust that you like, not the spotty dust. Yeah. You know what I mean? That you love that goes through a projector. It, and the, the problem with it too, is it, it wouldn't, it didn't necessarily match from shot to shot. And Which, so like there would be a very clear shot and then clearly a shot that they needed to brighten. And, and maybe it was just because now what I, from what I understand about 3d projectors, they have to be brighter than a normal projector. So, Tarzan could have been shot the way it was shot in that darker um, tone, you know, darker mm-hmm. um, cinematography. And th- but then they realized that they needed to lighten it up for the 3D effect to work. Because did did you know that? Did you know that? I know that the uh, the glasses that you use um, they take out like a stop of light, so light is measured in stops on the camera. So you have to uh, like you compensate, compensate the projector, for that. Yeah. yeah so but it's even then like it the amount they lightened it up that's why you see that because it's the dynamic range of these digital cameras will uh yeah. it can it can accommodate so much more it can do quite a few stops of light without you noticing it i think you made a fantastic point i think this is from uh maybe audience viewings after when they did test screenings oh yeah and it was way too late and it's like oh well you know we've done, yeah we've got everything done now and they just digitally pushed that brightness to the point where it's like ooh, you know this is the yeah. threshold as far as like i i think think they were probably because the the film is very like when it's in the congo it is very dark it's very because you know it's the congo not much light gets through those trees a lot of the times and and plus on top of that it's very foggy it's very dense and then these scenes would be at night and the idea being it's very lit by moonlight and Mm. so you know maybe it was supposed to be shadows and whiffs of people but I th- it's like what you said I think I think it was studio or like what yeah. I said whatever originally was that it seemed like a test screening where people were like I can't see it and nowadays movies are slaves to studios and I it's, mean uh, to audiences and unfortunately like if it defeat like the artistic integrity is trumped by the audience and it is it's such a shame because the cinematographer knew what he was doing because yeah. if you look at the choice of shots and some of those uh, moves that he's doing and it's it's fantastic it's beautiful absolutely beautiful well we noticed a lot of the same shot there's a lot of that yeah. wandering focus there's a lot of like yeah. that solid focus like there's a scene in the jungle and somebody leaves an umbrella and it kind of the focus slightly shifts into the umbrella as they're all leaving with a river and it's it, it's wonderful like there are a lot of images that are very wonderful to look at mm. it's just a shame that I don't know how this came about it got a little trashed yeah but it got yeah and i'm yeah. sure he's just as unhappy about it as we are i don't so. i don't know did, did i think pete noticed that too and he doesn't even yeah. usually notice that kind of stuff so but again i don't know i mean i don't think it was just because we saw it in 3d i don't know if that was present in the in the normal version but it is an unfortunate thing but i also don't know i don't necessarily know that the average viewer is going to pick up on that, that. that's yeah. just our that's just our little close-up you know of it but on a percentage scale of zero to one hundred, what would you give the movie? Um, oh, that's hard. I'd probably go for something like a seventy-two percent. I was going to give it a sixty-nine to seventy because I feel like sixty-nine seems low. However, like, how often do you see a movie that's in the ninety-five percent range? You know what I mean. Even a yeah. movie that you love isn't you. You can admit like it's like I'd say like. 
like Shawshank Redemption is a 99 for me. Just but then, to, like, like Guardians of the Galaxy, I would give that a 90. That movie's great, you know, and and not just like oh, that great, it, but it's funny and weird. But then, like, I like comedies that are oh, I think they're great, and I give them like an 80. Like, yeah, it's I think visually acting if you know the ending it, it falls a little it falls not falls apart it just feels a little weird oh you know what we didn't actually talk the finale of this film i was cringing a little bit because it does involve alligators or actually i believe since in their congo they're actually crocodiles they are crocodiles. however you know we were watching it we we're watching it and so it was a little like ooh, yeah you know I'm, I'm surprised i haven't heard anything about it yet i'm sure the studio was a little bit like like ugh you know well, it unfortunate feels so, it's also uh fresh to us because of what's recently happened well and this you know you got to think the i'm sure that shot of the movie was filmed at least you know well they nine started to, shooting nine back in 2014 a year and a half, no. yeah yeah so. it's a long long time ago but either way yeah so okay so you said 72 i would say yeah i'd put it right at like 70 percent. yeah i'd say it's a movie worth watching I think if you've seen what you want to see in the movie theater, it's definitely worth seeing in the theater. And if you're going to see it in a theater, see it in 3D. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, I think it's definitely worth watching at some point. I'm right. Like, it is a movie I will watch again in my life. Yeah, definitely. I'm, you know, it's not day one when it comes out on Blu-ray. I don't think I'll be getting it day one. But if it's like a Black Friday sale yep. and, you know, the movie's like 10 bucks, I'll get it. Because I, I can see myself watching this more than once. Like, just... Just visually for enjoying it. I actually... Oh, you know what? We didn't talk about it. I really enjoyed the um, the score of the movie, too. It was... Especially at the very beginning of the movie. It was yeah. this African kind of music that they had worked in that was just... I thought it was... With the imagery, was was great. So, so for that alone, I mean, I got to give it props. But, yeah. So, check it out. Let us know what you think if you've seen it. Um, I, some of you actually did already give me feedback, and some of you loved it. So, I, I'm happy to hear that, you know. Um... I think that will do it for us for this episode of Diz Pop, but we will be back again with another movie review and also the video edition, which goes up around the weekend-ish times. Because there are so many movies coming out so soon, I don't want to say in this one what's coming out, but you can look for a Secret Life of Pets review. That'll definitely be happening within the next day or two. Well, I always say those things, but like when you're listening, soon. do you really... like People watch this like three days later or like a day or two. What, when did this happen? So... <laughs> It's out there. I'm just going to say it's going to be out there, or if it's not already. Either way, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Oliver, for participating. Thank you. And um, we will um, see you again next time for another episode of Diz Pop.